Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. We're going to go to the 14th chapter of Mark today, and we're going to talk about a story that forever changed the world. Forever changed the world. For the scripture says in this passage that wherever this story or wherever the gospel would be preached, this story would be told. In verse 3 it says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. Everyone say precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation. They were like, what in the world is this lady doing with them themselves? They literally were saying, this is not good. And said, why was this waste of the ointment made? Why did she waste it? anointing Jesus, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said in red letters, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She hath wrought a good work on me or has done a good thing. For ye have the poor with you always and whatsoever ye will ye may do them good. Whenever you have the opportunity, he's saying you can do the poor good. But me, you have not always. I'm not always going to be here, he says. And then he says this, she hath done what she could. Everyone say what she could. She has come afore to anoint my body for the bearing. Verily I say unto you, everyone say revelation. Her worship brought revelation. Amen. She's come to anoint my body before burial. What burial, Jesus? I'm going to die for the sins of the world. Verily I say unto you, whosoever, where, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. It never gives her name, but God sets up a memorial to an unnamed worshiper. I just want to talk for a little while on access points. We're in this door series. An open door has been opened, and I want to talk to you about access points. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you for worshiping with us today. When I preach a message, I kind of, because I'm so visual and a bit ADD and a little bit of squirrel, I have to put myself into the story and try to feel and see and taste and experience what's going on in the story. And in this story, I find that there are very important people sitting around Jesus. They are the disciples. They are the called out ones. They are the ecclesia, as it says in the, the original language, which just means church, the church. The, the, but this is the aristocracy of the Ecclesia. This is the ones that 
have been with Jesus now and seen the miracles and seen the power of God and watched as blind eyes had been opened and deaf ears unstopped. And they almost, it seems like they have experienced so much that they forgot who they were sitting with. Because Jesus is in their presence and the power of God is there. And we know that Jesus is God in a body. That he's God manifest in the flesh. And how do you ever get comfortable just sitting down to meet and forgetting about who your company is? Forgetting about about who you're with at that moment. And there's some beautiful things that God seeks in our life. He seeks Several things. And the scripture talks about us seeking God, but I wonder if you've ever done a study about what God seeks. Because the Bible says he seeks two important things. Number one is he seeks that which is lost, not those that are lost. That's included in that which is lost. But he seeks everything that was broken to be made whole. Because what he lost in the garden, he recovered at the cross. And so when he says he seeks that which is lost, he doesn't just seek for us to be saved. He seeks for our brokenness to be whole. And he seeks for our lack of peace to find peace. Everything that was lost, he seeks it for us. And then he also seeks those that will worship him. The Bible says in spirit and in truth, you need the balance of worship. You need to understand that there's truth of how to worship God, but there's also spirit. Have you ever been in a church where they're just so spiritual, they don't know fat meat is greasy? (laughs) They're just so crazy and so exuberant and so excited and so everybody's just running around and sister so-and-so is spinning a helicopter over here. And and I've been to churches like that and it's distracting. But there's also the other side that God wants. He doesn't just want the spirited worship that is full of the Holy Spirit, that people that are full of the Holy Spirit that worship him, but he also wants the truth. He wants us to worship him in understanding because there's power in knowledge because you can worship and love God, but you can also learn of God and learn how to live better and to walk with him and to open doors in your life that wouldn't be opened if you didn't learn of him. Amen? So God seeks worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth. Kind of funny when you're preaching along and you say in spirit and your iPad turns on Siri (laughs) because that is what just happened. I don't know how spirit sounds like Siri, but hey, that's what happened. And so then the story goes that Jesus was sit at meat. And I appreciate the fact that God was an approachable God. Appreciate that God didn't just have all the people that knew how to look like the church around him, but he had an open door and access point for a woman that should have never been there. Amen? And that's how the church should be. In Revelations 3 and 8, we read last week that there's a door open that no man can shut. He says, I know the works. Behold, I set a door I set before thee an open door that no man can shut. How many know that as we learned last week that you cannot open a door in earth until the door is open in heaven? That when God opens a door, he opens it because you have sought him out and you have knocked on that door and you have pressed and you have looked and you have strived and you have sought the Lord. Because whenever you find that he honors those that seek him, you find a beautiful place of access. And so this story is really a story of access points. 
the opportunity for a woman who should have never been in that place to walk into an environment that may have been hostile to her, but still she was able to worship the Lord and God honored her in it. And so the beauty of the story is that they think she was a woman of ill repute, a woman that knew the streets, a woman that knew how to make her living um, on the street corner and used the perfume that she had to indicate that she was available. And so the things that, that are in this story that are not said are the things of her life that were broken. And she decided to come to Jesus and she decided to seek him. And I want you to know that God promotes seekers. God promotes people that know how to seek him. If you're a person that's looking for a promotion and you're looking for your name to be great or you're looking for fame in the earth or you're looking for worldly wealth, guess what? That's, that's, that's a good endeavor. There's places where you can seek out great things, but never let it get in between you and the God that you worship because the God that we worship promotes people who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Bible says that then all these things will, will be added unto you, that the blessings of God are found in seeking him first and so she took this little box that she had and she brought it to Jesus I don't know if it was just a matter of spontaneous worship if it was just something that she decided that I'm going to show him my love because whenever you try to ventilate love it always comes out in gifts it always comes out in giving whenever you want to love somebody if I was to tell my wife that I loved her there's going to be a moment where I give her flowers or I get her a card, or I get her something that indicates that I love her. And that's what she was doing. She took what she knew. She took what was in her life, and it was an alabaster box full of spikenard. Spikenard was a very precious perfume. It was an expensive perfume. It was like Yves Saint Laurent, or something very important that you would buy at a very high-end store that you'd pay a lot of money for. She would need to give something to Jesus and she sought after what she could give and I believe maybe she even thought this would please him but the interesting thing is what she didn't know was what she thought she was giving to show love was actually anointing Jesus for his burial because while he sat in the room with people who were used to him being there how tragic is that you have the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings in a room with you. And instead of showing him great honor and washing his feet when he came in, she brings an anointment to wash his feet. And the beauty of this story is that she not only recognizes who he is, but she recognizes his authority by anointing his head first. So she anoints Jesus and she gives him everything that she has. Because sometimes when you pursue things that you want, you realize when you got them, they're not what you wanted anyways. And God will sometimes hold you out a little bit. He'll, he'll sometimes freeze you out sometimes. He'll sometimes make things a little bit difficult so you have to reassess your priorities because whatever you pursue, you end up worshiping. 
And so make sure that whatever you choose to pursue, whatever you put out in front of your life that is valuable for you, that you seek after and that you go after, make sure it's able to open a door for you. Make sure it's able to open an access point for you. If you're going to pursue something and and you're going to worship something, make sure it's not an idol that stands between you and the Lord. She wouldn't let anything stand in between her and getting to Jesus. It didn't matter their opinions. It didn't matter what they thought of her lifestyle. It didn't even matter if she used that same alabaster box to anoint herself with perfume to go out into the marketplace, which told men that she was available for service and they could hire her for sleeping with her. That wasn't what she was after. She wasn't interested in their opinions of her or what they thought would be appropriate at the moment. She came to give and when she gave her alabaster box, she didn't just open it to give her a little bit of praise and then close it. She broke the box, the Bible says. She broke the box. And I wonder if maybe sometimes we don't have the kind of praise that changes the atmosphere because we just open and close our worship. We just open and close our praise at church and we just open and close our praise when we feel God or when we read our Bible. But the Bible actually says that we are to be the church, not go to church. And when you start to be the church and you start to understand that he wants praise to continually come out of our mouth and and he wants us to pray without ceasing, that her positioning in this story is actually interesting because she kneels before Jesus, which is the posture of prayer. And she worships him. And the Bible says in the story that they thought it was waste. What created her point of access to the Lord? they considered a waste of resources and time. I don't care what the world thinks of my worship. I don't care what the world thinks of my praise. I'm still going to lift the Lord up because of where he brought me from. I'm still going to break open a box of worship. And the thing that I began to notice is that the hostility of these individuals, maybe Judas was standing there thinking of all the things that could be done with that money. Maybe even there was greed in the heart. Who knows? But he said, the Bible says that they said within themselves, this is a waste. And I, I don't care who tells you that what you're doing for the Lord is a waste. I promise you that God will always honor what you break open for his glory. What you break open in praise and worship, God will always honor it. God will always make good on what you praise him with. If you praise him with your life, your finance, your your first and your best, he will always give you the first and best back. I'm thankful for that because I grew up in a very poor home. I grew up in a place where we didn't always have everything we wanted. But I was taught that if you adore God, a door opens. And that if you, if you put first the things of God in your life, that you will be fulfilled. You may not be as wealthy as somebody else, but you will be fulfilled. And fulfillment is the greatest place to be because when you learn to worship the blesser over the blessing, you realize that that is a true life of success. Because what the world says is success is to worship the blessing And sometimes we realize that God is the God who can only make blessings good. He gives us great things. Amen? How many have ever been blessed by God? Amen. 
when we got here, I didn't really know how to even be a good man. I came through a broken home, a stepdad that went to jail, all that stuff. And I met my lovely wife, Sarah, excuse the personal reference for a second. But when I met her, I, I told the Lord, I said, I, I, I need to know how to love properly and, and do this properly if I'm going to get married. And, and I began to pray and ask God for things like more education and a home in the city where we ministered and a job in the city where we ministered. And God gave me all those things. He gave me the job and the job paid for the schooling and the schooling allowed me to, to work in that industry for quite a while. And that job was in the town where we ministered. He answered all those prayers. And the fact that God did it in a way that's miraculous is, it's just far beyond me. And then to go and, couple weeks before I even we bought the house that we bought, I kind of tallied up in my head the amount of money that I would have flown that would have flown through my bank account what just the in the the earnings the net earnings that I would have had that I would have been able to put into savings or put into a bank account that I've lost moving from job to job so that I could stay in the presence of God and stay in the will of God and stay in the ministry of vocation that is not even a vocation it was a part-time ministry all my life until until even this day I still work a job but but when I began to study it out I saw that it was about a certain amount of money and I was like well lord I'm thankful for the life and fulfillment that I have. I love what I do and where I am and who I am and, and how I can walk with you and what I know about you and what I've learned about you. Through all of these different places, all the different trials, when the budget wasn't big enough and when the month had, when there was not enough money for the month, God was still faithful and he always made do. And I want to encourage somebody today that God is going to honor you if you honor him. Amen. And so I I remember selling my truck and giving it to missions and it was just something that I wanted to do and I sold my truck and I gave it to missions. And this isn't celebrate me. This is just I'm telling you what happened. And then somebody in the church says, oh, you're just all about the fame and the position of being a pastor and, and the money of it. And we were sitting at a table and my, my lead pastor looks over at me and gives you one of those looks like, like when you're coming out of the restroom and somebody meets you and like, oh, you just like the title of pastor and you were just cleaning the bathrooms. Yeah. No, it's about service. It's about serving people. It's about knowing that your gift is so important that God puts somebody in, in a place to preach the word of God so your gift blooms and opens up and changes the world. It's all about what God put in you. I'm here because of you. I'm not here because of me. But I do have to walk in the calling worthy of what I am. Paul said, I would that you walk in the vocation of your calling, walk worthy of the calling that you have. So I am an example. I need to be an example. And that's what I'm trying to share with you is the examples in my life where God honored us. And God put us into a home in Brookfield and we got the appraisal back. And I know some of you have already heard the story, but it was just a couple weeks before I was checking out the numbers and I'm like, okay, thank God that we, we've gotten this far. But even if I never saw that cash, I never saw that money in a bank account, I'm so, th I'm so thankful that I know the Lord the way I know him. And we got the appraisal back and, and our realtor called us and about fell out of the chair. He goes, you're not going to believe this. 
but there is this much amount of equity just sitting in that house from the appraisal. We didn't even know it was there. There had been contractors that came through the house to flip the house, and they never saw it. They never saw the equity in the house. And I said, well, well how much is it? And when he told me the amount, it was the exact amount that I had tallied up that had gone that had not gone through my bank account because I had served the Lord and stayed in a ministry. Even though I wasn't getting a paycheck, I had stayed and put God first. And it was the exact amount that he put back into my life 15 years later. And so I can tell you that it may not be a dollar amount. It may be that God saves your family or God heals your daughter or God heals your son. It may be a blessing that's not monetary, but I promise you, if you lead a life of worship, God will always seek you out. God will come and find you in a hospital bed if he has to. He'll come and find you in a place of depression and darkness and he'll shine light into your moment. He'll put light in dark places for you. He'll come and he'll pull you out of relationship that could have been toxic. He'll, he'll come and he'll meet you if you just keep your song and your worship in front of you. If you just lift your hands and say, God, I may not know all, but I know you. I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know the one that holds tomorrow. I'm grateful that I know Jesus and he supplies my every need. That is what she was doing here. She was surrendering her life to Jesus. And she honored him by anointing his head, the scripture says, which is anointing the authority of God first. And then she got down on her knees and she let her hair down. If they didn't think she was a woman of ill repute at this point, she's already doing inappropriate things among men at that time because this was a misogynistic society. Women weren't welcome among the men that were sitting around talking of the great things of God. And she had access through her worship. Her access opened because she came to Jesus to worship him and she brought the gift, the only thing she had to give and she broke it open. I wonder if, you, if you've ever had an experience where praise or worship broke out of your life and come, came from something. I was sitting in a conference this week for pastors and they were preaching about the, the kingship of Christ and the power of Christ and that he came and he died on the cross and he finished it for us and he, he, he bought back everything and so when God Almighty looks at our record and sees that Jesus paid the price for us and that, that, that the price was paid through the blood of Jesus Christ, that literally he lets us go free because he purchased us back from the place of sin. And that I was just sitting there and just listening and he was saying how Jesus brings gifts and gives them to everybody and that saints are supposed to minister to saints and that God is a powerful God that opened the door that literally when he died on the cross and said it is finished, he created an access point into the holy place through the veil that was before the door. God never intended for us to go through a priest or a man. God never intended for your pastor to be a mediator between you and God. God put your pastor here as a shepherd shepherd and a watch and a protector over your soul to preach the word of God, to build your faith and to give you a rhema word and a logos word from the word of God on a daily or weekly basis if he can. And that is what the position of the pastor is, but he's never supposed to be your spiritual life. He's never supposed to be your homiletics. He's never supposed to help you by digging it out and then feeding it to you. You're supposed to go and dig it out of the word yourself. You're supposed to seek God while he may be found. You're supposed to to be a seeker of God and his word and his worship comes spontaneous at times 
Have you ever been worshiping God because you just, just like me sitting in a conference and the tears start, and I'm like, why am I crying? What is going on here? Seems like after I got 40, the waterworks turned on and I just start crying over silly little stuff. And he's talking about how God gave gifts to men and how, how the saints are supposed to minister to each other. And I just thought how beautiful it is that you can reach out to somebody else or you can hear from the Lord, like you should call your sister, you should call your brother and you call them and you find out that they're going through something and you had no idea, but God whispered in your ear and you were able to minister to them. That is what the scripture wants from us. That is what the Lord desires is for us to minister to one another. And she walks into a place where they forgot about the God of all glory sitting in their midst. What a tragedy to have Jesus sit at meet with you and get out McDonald's. What a tragedy not to put out the China and put out the welcome, put out the put out all the great stuff because the Lord of all glory was there. The one who David said sits upon the circle of the earth. The one whose invisibleness and beauty is all power is in in him is all power. The one who literally the Bible says he changes universes like he changes a garment. The scripture tells us that he's so powerful and so mighty that we have access to this God through different points in our life when we need him the most. And that we can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need. I believe that's what she was doing. You don't have to know what it's like to have a tear run down your face like I did at a minister's conference, but I guarantee you the longer you live, the more grace you're going to need in your life. And whenever you have lived your life long enough and piled up enough mistakes, hello somebody, you know that you need great grace on your life when you're 50 more than whenever you were 15, but you can experience God at all points of your life. That grace is still grace and it's still beautiful and it's still needed and we still want it and God is so gracious to us that even when there's great sin, he said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And thank God that I've piled up some mistakes in my life, but I know that his blood covers it and his grace is sufficient for me. Thank God that I know that. And every once in a while, there's a spontaneous praise. You know, you, you're just hearing the word of God or you're hearing the, the, the music being played and you just got to get to your feet or you just got to lift a hand. Or you in The best kind of worship, the kind of worship that the Lord loves is a spontaneous praise, a worship that opens an access point to God's access that literally brings you into God's presence where you don't care what anybody thinks, but you're just so happy that a door has been opened and an opportunity is available and heaven is opening up and there shall be a blessing that is poured out on you while you stand and ask for nothing he can give you everything in your worship amen somebody I get loud because I'm excited about that I'm excited about the fact that I know he's a God who gives us great things be careful what you ask the Lord for because he might just give it to you I've had people come and like, Pastor, I know it's the will of the Lord for me to do this. Roger's so sweet. I just want to marry him. He's so cute. I love him to death. I know he doesn't live for the Lord, but the Lord can work a miracle. And I'm like, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. There's, a, there's, there's something here we need to be careful about. And then two years later, they're in my office. Pastor, I don't understand. 
understand how I got in such a mess. Roger's killing me. And I'm like, let me take you back to that same scripture I showed you two years ago. That the Lord said, if you live like this, you will be blessed. I'm so grateful that she shows us that everybody has access to God. Everybody has access to the good things of God. But what I don't, what I didn't notice when I put myself into the story was that she was chosen to change the environment. God literally, through an unexpected doorway, a little woman who had a mess of a life, she didn't just affect what was going on in the room. She pushed past their hostility. She pushed past their labels. And she began to worship God anyways. What would happen if you walked into that hostile work environment 30 minutes early, just began to walk around all the desks worshiping the Lord? How could you change the environment? You might just be chosen to change the environment in your family life. Your family has never got along to save their life. In fact, they always seem to get into some kind of fight. If the shoe fits, wear it. I don't know. I'm just shotgunning here. I'll find you in a minute. If I haven't hit you yet. You are meant to make a difference. And that is what she did. And so I began to go through the story and I saw their hostility. I saw the, 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 the frustration of them thinking that they could give the money to the poor. I saw, I saw that they, they were like, why is she anointing Jesus? What is going on? And they had got, I saw the fact that they had just flopped down in chairs and, never, and didn't recognize who was in their midst, that Jesus was going to be crucified and that she came and literally anointed him for burial like they anoint other bodies that are going to go to burial. And literally she she walks into the presence of God with all of her life savings, her, her, her little alabaster box, which they say comes from India. It's a style of marble. And the only way that you can open it and let some out is if you open the top. But she didn't want to just let a little bit out. The Bible says that she broke it, which means you can't control what comes out if you break it open. And when you break open your worship, you're not going to control necessarily how you worship God or the way that you go about. Have you ever gotten to a point where your worship just bubbled out of you so much that you weren't interested in controlling whether your hand went up or whether your foot felt like moving or whether you felt like standing and praising or jumping and shouting. You didn't care what kind of response came from you anymore, but you just broke open your worship and you just broke open your praise. And I don't know who's standing next to me and I hope I don't step on your shoes, but I, I want to praise my God because he brought me through so much to be here. And I wasn't supposed to be welcome, but the door opened because I came in worship. I came to worship. So she breaks open this box and the Bible says she lets down her hair, which is given to her for her glory. Because what's the point of having glory if he doesn't get it all? And so she takes her hair and she wipes her feet, his feet. And when she leaves, her hair smells like the worship. Her garments and knees and her whatever she's wearing has that precious ointment that she broke open over Jesus. Literally what's changed in the atmosphere changed her. That her worship to God affected her. And now when she walks out, 
of the house. And when Jesus walks out, they smell the perfume in the house. They smell it on Jesus and they smell it on her. When you encounter God with true worship, it changes you, it changes the environment, and it changes the way you see God and sense him. It literally changes everything about how you approach your Savior. And so I wrap up with this, that it was made for a memorial to her. Have you ever been in a powerful service where God moved and somebody comes in late and everybody's left and they walk in and they go, something happened in here, didn't it? It's because somebody broke open some worship and you can sense it after the worship is gone. It got into the floorboard. It got into the ground. It got into whatever the, the place was where Jesus was at. And now when someone walks in Simon's house, who used to be a leper, they don't ever have to meet the woman. They don't even have to have met Jesus. But they smell the worship. You see, that's something I never applied to the story because I wasn't there. I don't know what the perfume smelled like, but it changed the entire environment. And what's interesting is that in the Old Testament, when the incense was given in the, in the actual tabernacle, the Bible says that that incense went up as a sweet-smelling savor to the Lord. And so what I want to tell you is your worship has an impact on the spiritual world, that God loves the smell of worship. To him, it's beautiful. There's an aroma in anointing. There's an aroma in the beauty of God and living your life broken open to the Lord. You know, you can't stay broken, but you do have to come and be broken. And so I'm asking today, what does your worship look like? I know you have needs, but are you knocking at the door? God knows you're standing there, but have you asked? Because you see, God responds to somebody that goes after him. David said, you can stand with me. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You can stand. You can stand. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Can you or anyone tell me how you magnify God? If he can be made bigger, then he's not God. If he can be made less, then he's not God. In fact, Scripture says that he is omnipresent, meaning everywhere present. You cannot build his ego. You cannot teach God. You cannot instruct God. There is no learning that he needs to do. He never has a bad day. He never is less than what he is and never is more than what he is. So how do you magnify the Lord? Because magnification means to make bigger. David was actually saying that you don't make God bigger. You make God bigger in you. That your worship opens up a place in you where God swells to the point that he out outweighs all other things. And her alabaster box, as crude as this is, this is my illustration. We got to the end of the sermon before I got to my illustration. That happens all the time for me. She
she broke it open and all they could see was how much it cost her. But for her, her value system changed entirely because worship was more important. The one she loved was more important than the value systems of the world. So it changed everything about her opinion, changed everything about her life. And because of that, God said that when you preach the gospel, you tell this story. When you preach the saving word of death, burial, and resurrection, you talk about worship. Because that is what I long for, is people that know how to worship me. Jesus, would you bow your heads with me and would you take a moment and just speak to him however you want to and however you need to. If you've been lacking desire in any way toward God, would you ask him to fill your heart with fresh fire, to fill you with a new passion, a new zeal, to put a spark in your eye again and a hope in your life? Would you just ask him right now through some form of worship that I make a sacrifice, I make an offering, I, I want to change everything about my environment, I want to change things on my work, uh, at work, I want to change things in my relationship, and I can't do it without you, Jesus. But if you worship him, he'll open an access point. If you praise him, he will open a door, and he'll change it for you. In Jesus' name, we want to have a moment of prayer. This altar's open. If you need to go, we understand. But I wonder if there's anybody that has a praise for the Lord right now. Jesus is here. Let's not treat him like we're so comfortable. Let's not act like we know him because we need to know him more. We truly do need to know you, Jesus.